When you parent with the end in mind, it brings focus. You focus on what you're trying to accomplish and you focus on how much time you have left to accomplish it. And so today I wanna to talk to you parents about making the most of the time that you have left with your kids and using the time that you have to drop these anchors and to create a culture that's so strong that your kids will never drift away from that, that it'll be a culture way more powerful than the culture of the world around them. And to do that, I wanna start off by reading a scripture in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter six says this, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, the speaker of that passage is Moses and he's talking to the people of Israel and they're about to go into the promised land. And this is a summary of everything he's been teaching them. The whole book of Deuteronomy is lesson after lesson of what he wants them to remember as they're about to go into this land that God has promised them. And he's, what he's trying to say is keep the end in mind. Don't lose focus on what really matters. And then he comes to this passage right here where he says, everything hinges on this. This is what matters most. And this is the goal of everything that you should love the Lord your God with all of your heart, that, that He's the only God, there is nothing else besides God, that it's all about God and the focus ought to be on Him. He's saying, don't ever forget that it's all about God, that everything's about Him, and if you don't have God as that kind of an anchor in your life, you're gonna drift away from it pretty quickly. And he's making the point, it doesn't matter what your kids know if they don't know what matters the most. What good is it if they enjoy the benefits of this incredible land they're gonna go into? What good is it if they have a better life and prosperity and they have success and they get the best of everything, but they don't really know what really matters? And so the, this passage became known throughout history as the Shema. It's the centerpiece of the Jewish faith. To a Jew, this would be the most important passage in all of the scripture. The power of the Shema was that it established God as the central figure in all of their lives, as the central person in the story of their history. And this got passed down through the generations. This story is, is part of where I belong. That there's a we that's much greater than me, that there's an us that's greater than them, and that I'm a part of the family of God. And so Moses was dropping this huge anchor saying, if you keep this in front of you, don't drift, stay focused, stay connected on this. This is what's really mattered. Don't forget who your God is and what he's done for you. Because if you're not careful, you'll shift your priorities so fast onto all the stuff and the things and life's gonna get really busy and you'll forget who he is. He was saying, I want you to remember the end and keep it in mind. Now there's only so much time in life to accomplish this. Time's moving fast, it's limited. Uh, we don't get more of it. We can't buy more of it. We get the time that we have and it's crazy how no matter how much time we have, there's never any more of it. We just get to manage what we've been given. So the idea is how do I, not how do I get more time. The idea is always, well, how can I use the time better that I've been given? I want you to think about how much of your life is shaped by a daily rhythm. How much of what you do is just a, con, uh, 
a consistent pattern that repeats itself every single day. Because we're all creatures of habit, we tend to do the same stuff over and over. You don't believe me? Um, what side of the bed did you get up this morning? I bet it was the same side as the day before. Your family sits at the same seats at the dinner table. Um, that's why we try to get babies on a schedule as quickly as possible. Um, did you drive the same way home from work uh, today as you did the day before? Um, why do you keep going to the exact same service that you go to? Even when I say the 11 o'clock is full and I need people to move, but you say, no, that's the service I go to. That's my habit. That's my routine. You see, I think the rhythms of our life really shape who we are and shape what we become. We can say one thing's important, but it's how we actually live and what the routine behavior of our lives, that's what's really impacting our families and impacting our kids. Um, if God's not a part of the normal daily family routine, if we only bring him out for an hour on Sunday, or you know, he comes out once or twice a year, it's no wonder we feel so awkward when we try to have spiritual conversations with our family. It's no wonder when we get them around the table and that one time you thought, I'm gonna get out the Bible and try to read a story and ask them some questions, and there was this awkward silence and the kids were like, uh, what's going on? And can I please be excused? And dad, you're being weird. And then dad felt, well, I'm a failure. I'm not really a spiritual leader. I give up. It's crazy how we think we're not good spiritual leaders. And it's simply because we're trying to introduce something awkwardly into our family's life. That's not any part of the routine. It's not normal. It's this little compartment that we just sort of put in. And we're wondering why it doesn't work. You see, Somehow faith has got to be more than just a little compartment of our lives. It's got to be something that's, that's woven through the whole fabric that's just a part of how we live. And this is what Moses was trying to get at. Moses is standing in front of these people and he's saying, he's recognizing. Somehow God gives him this vision that, man, there's a rhythm that these people have. Every day they see God. Every day there's this pillar of fire that's leading them at night. There's a pillar of cloud that's leading them by day. The, the people are very aware that God is leading us. They don't even know where they're going. Every time the pillar of fire moves and the pillar of cloud moves, they know it's time to move and God's directing them. Every day, God's providing food for them on the ground called manna. It doesn't last more than a day, so every day, literally, they're getting up, bringing the kids, and they go get the food that God has provided for them that day. So when they sit down at the table and they pray, I mean, the gratitude prayer is really, God, thank you again that you gave us food for today. See, they didn't have any other options. There's no Kroger. There's no uh, Starbucks. There's no ATMs. You can't call in for pizza. There's, there's no other solution. There's just God. And so here's, here's a family system and a structure that's built around. We, we go where God tells us to go. We don't really know where he's taking us, but he's leading us. He provides everything that we need, and the kids are involved with that. Moses realizes that's all going to change. We're standing at the brink of this entrance into this land that's going to be beautiful, that uh, there's going to be um, distractions. There's going to be other cultures that are going to start pulling us away from God. There's going to be prosperity. Uh, God's not going to need to provide the man anymore. You won't need that because you'll grow your crops and the land is going to produce and you guys are going to get wealthy and comfortable because the land's going to overflow with good things. You're going to get busy. You're going to get distracted. And in that moment, without some rhythms in your life, you're going to get so distracted and get pulled away from God. And so that's why Moses was saying, Hear, O Israel, 
listen, Israel, like, don't forget this. There's just God. It's in the end of the day, it's all about him. It's, it's, he's, he's, he's everything. And there's some things that you're going to have to do in order to, to, to make God a part of your everyday life. It's going to take some conscious effort to reintroduce God into your new daily routines because the old routines are going to stop. How is, how is faith and values, how are they going to be reinforced? How will you set the routine for conversations about who God is and what he's like? How will you establish reminders of God is present with us and he's leading us and we're trying to follow his plan? How are we going to uh, establish his power? Like, like how are we going to let our kids know that he's our provider and that we got to depend on him and we need to ask him to provide for our needs? So when he's saying this to his hearers, I think he's transcending all cultures. I think he's talking to people who've lived at all time. In fact, that's why it became the Shema. Everybody knew this speaks to me. This is something that, this is so obvious. It's so, it's so profound and yet it's so simple that God is saying, I want to be a part of the everyday fabric of your life. And I think it may be more important in our culture than ever before because we live in a culture that's completely forgotten God, that has abandoned his values, where truth is diluted, where uh, happiness is the goal and busyness and productivity and accomplishment and success and wealth, all these voices in the culture are pulling our families slowly away from God's intended design. So Moses, in his genius, uh, the revelation from God taps into something so strategic, so, so obvious that says, bring God into the daily rhythm of your life and leverage those moments to drop anchors in your kids' lives that they'll never get over, that, that will hold them away from the drifting towards culture. Let me, let me read you verse seven again and listen, listen to this. He says, repeat this to your kids. Repeat what? Well, there's just one God. It's all about him. Love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you're gonna show respect and love towards your neighbor. Now talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you go to bed, and when you get up. In fact, you can tie them to your hands and put them on the doorposts of your house, paint it on the walls, Wear it like jewelry on your forehead. Do whatever it takes. Put it on the gate in front of your house. Do whatever it takes to make it so that God's not just in this little compartment of an hour on Sunday, but make it a part of your everyday life. And so he talks about three times that are very, or four times that are very specific that any family can leverage. You don't have to create this. You don't have to go find the time. You already have the time, but will you make God the center part of your daily rhythms? And here are the places Moses says we can drop the anchors. Morning time, meal time, bedtime, travel time. Now let me just walk through each of those. The morning time. When you get up in the morning, what a great time to set strategically the attitude, the, the, the focus, um, the emotional state for the day. This is a new day. It's a brand new day. The past is behind us. We can start over. This is a great opportunity to set attitude for the day in your kid's life. Um, you know, we have a thing in our house where the kids come down. We say, hey, when you come down, be ready. We've got a specific time where the family's going to meet half hour before the bus comes. And they need to be ready, ready to go. I'm going to make them breakfast. We're going to be hanging out together. This is a very fun time that we're laughing and talking. And, and it's amazing how just a few words of encouragement, strategic words, can set the whole course of their day. So we love on them. And here's the point, connection, 
allows for direction. And when you love your kids, you have the opportunity to lead them. There's a window of the heart that opens up. And this is where you set a tone for the day and you say, you know, five minutes before we head out the door. Now guys, I want you to remember who you are and what you're about to go into. You've got to realize that, you know, this family, we're leaders, we're not followers. We, you're about to go into the blood sucking gossip and the criticism and the pettiness and all that stuff that's going on in your world today. And I want you to know that, you know, you, you've got a responsibility to change the atmosphere of every room you go into. You see meanness, you bring kindness into that situation. You be a leader, don't be a follower. And then we pray. I pray a prayer of gratitude and a prayer of vision and God, here's what we want to do with us today and do this in me and do this in them. And then we launch them out the door. And you see, there's the little outline for what you want to do in the morning. It's love, lead, and launch. And I'm telling you, it just sets an anchor in your kid's heart that affects them the whole day. Then there's mealtime. This is where another great opportunity for connection can happen. This is where you can laugh and tell stories and there's a sense of belonging and you can recap what happened during the day. And, you know, when you go to pray for the meal, <laughs> I don't know why people do this. They always pray for the food. Well, maybe they need to do that in your house, but, I, but why do they pray for the food? I mean, this is an opportunity to once again bring gratitude back into the equation and just thank God. Your kids need to hear you, Dad. Thank God for your wife who made that food or however it came to be or Thank God for his provision. Thank God for the resources to put food on the table. Uh, thank God for your kids. Let them hear how grateful you are for them. By the way, you see what I'm talking about? There's an act of leadership for mom and dad here. This is, you know, coming home for dinner isn't like, man, I gotta come home and just crash. Like the day's over and I just wanna crash and kinda kick back and forget. No, this, this is the most important meeting of the day. You have an opportunity to lead your kids and it's the most important moment. So you need to leave the stress in the car and figure out how you're gonna decompress. Because when you come to that meal time, you wanna bring some gratitude to the table and have a really important dinner conversation with your kid because connection allows for direction and love allows you to lead. And then there's travel time. This is an amazing opportunity. What a unique opportunity for kids to just talk to you. There's something about Sometimes sitting in a car, you're not face to face, but you're side by side and you turn the radio on and here comes you know, the music they listen to and the culture is coming through the radio and you have an opportunity to say, hey, what do you think about those lyrics? And you, you can talk about that and it's amazing how everything they're dealing with will come up in the lyrics of those songs and give you windows to talk into what they're thinking and what's happening in their life. These can be strategic. These can be opportunities that you plan to to take your kids on walks or ride with them in a car or on a vacation. But all of these are about building memories and building connection and just time spent because somewhere in that time, your kid's gonna open a window and allow you to speak. Invest in making memories because memories are what's gonna last. It's gonna be those memories when they pop up later in life that's gonna hold, hold them fast to who we are as a family. When you're in the car, when you're walking, do your best to have them take off the headphones and you know, this is time for us to connect and to talk together because connection allows for direction. And then the most important strategic time of all, which I, I think that many of us miss, it's bedtime. And the older they get, it's really not just bedtime, but it's nighttime. 
This can be the most meaningful point of connection, and this is where questions are most likely to be asked. Don't fall into the habit of just sending your kids off to bed, trying to get them out of your hair, but take them to bed. Walk into their environment with them, into their room, and sit down with them and just tell them stories. This is a great time to tell stories of your family and what God has done in your past history. Tell them stories of answered prayer. Or just read them stories from the Bible. And again, these windows where they open up only happen when the kid wants to open them up. So you want to put yourself in proximity and just be there in those moments. And I can just tell you from experience, those moments happen when there's, it's usually the most inconvenient and you're the most tired and it's the least thing you want to do. You can be ready to watch a game and that's when the kid says, hey dad, is there really a God? Usually at night is when kids are asking the questions or when they're worried or they may, even as you develop this over time, they may come to your room and wake you up at night and want to have a conversation. You want to have the ability just to get up and take that opportunity. Because if you say, hey, go back to bed, we'll talk in the morning. And then you wake up at breakfast and you say, hey, what did you want to talk about last night? Well, nothing. And the window's closed. Now, every kid is different. And the scripture says, train up a child in the way he or she should go. That means according to their natural inclination. You got to figure out what opens the window of their heart. And it's different for every kid. It's connection that allows for direction. And so later on, as they get older, as you've had accumulation of, you know, when a kid says, says love, what they're really saying is time, that you've been there and you've been present. So with that accumulation of love over time, there comes an opportunity uh, for connection and the ability to lead. And as the kids get over, older, they're gonna do what they did when they were little. And so as they get older, not everything has to be sugar-coated. Um, kids need to know what's going on in the home. And I think there's an appropriate way at, at appropriate ages to start letting them into the things that you struggle with and the concerns of your heart and, and what you're trusting God for to show them how do you wrestle through difficulty and how do you wrestle through struggle and that how God can be at the very center of those things. Can you imagine the impact of this? What if you could normalize the time that you already have built into your life, all the natural rhythms that you have, and use them to normalize God at the center of your family's life? That's going to look different for your family than it may look for mine. And some of you may even have to readjust your lives to fit into a, a connecting schedule. But can you imagine the return on this kind of investment into your kid's life? Love over time has this cumulative effect that, that increases. It increases the, the amount of direction that you can give because the connection time has been constant. And what we do as a family now is going to influence how we function as a family late, later. And so, again, the pattern for this time is every time we get together, love, and then we lead, and then we launch them out with faith and with hope, and if we continue to do that in the times that God has given us, we're going to develop great sons and great daughters. Now, I want you to think about the alternative, the alternative of not doing this, because some of you might say, well, that's a lot of work, and gosh, that's a lot of time, and my schedule, my career, uh, my work doesn't allow me to do this. Um, I'm just going to bring them to church every week and let the pros, you know, deposit what they need because I'm really not a spiritual leader and I don't even know where I'd start in the Bible and so on. Could I just say that 
that we have it best in the church. We got 40 hours for the whole year in your kid's life. That's about as much spiritual influence the church can have in your child's life. At best, we, we think the best is if we get 40 hours. And, and considering they say that the average fourth grader now is spending about 400 hours in video games, uh, 40 hours is not a lot. But by comparison, a parent has 3,000 hours, 3,000 awake hours to influence the life of their child. So you've got 3,000 hours to love and to lead and to launch inside the normal rhythms of what's already going on in your family now. You can't afford to relegate spiritual direction to one hour on Sunday. What happens in your house is more important than what happens in church. I'm a pastor saying that. What happens in your home has more importance. doesn't mean that church is unimportant. It just means that what's going on in your home has absolutely more weight and significance. That's why it's important for you to decide in advance, what are you going to do with your time? See, it doesn't take a lot of time. Don't confuse quantity time with quality time. It just takes using those natural rhythms that God's already given you to influence and direct and to drop spiritual anchors into your kids' lives. At the end of the day, this applies to every single person. Dad, this applies especially to you because at the end of the day, it's not gonna be about how much money you make, what your position was at your work or what you accomplished or what awards they gave you. You know, I've done a lot of funerals and I've never heard anybody say on their deathbed, uh, man, I wish I spent more time at the office. It's not gonna be how much you had to leave for your kids, it's gonna be what did you leave in them and what did you deposit in them and what anchors did you drop in their life that made the culture of your family centered around God so much stronger and way more powerful than the culture of this world that they wouldn't even think about drifting. That, that you deposited something in them that would allow them to affect their generation for God. The scriptures say, teach us to make the most of our time. Teach us to number our days. I wanna invite you this week to start a Love Lead Launch experiment in the natural rhythms of your family. I want you to take some time today to figure out what can I do in the morning? What can I do at mealtime? How can I leverage travel time? And how can I leverage bedtime to drop anchors in the hearts of my kids? Let me pray for you. God, I pray every person listening that you will inspire them, that there'll be no guilt or shame for time lost or what's been done in the past, but from today, going forward, they would say, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. God, you will be at the center. We won't relegate you to a Sunday morning experience or a few hours on Sunday, but we're gonna bring you in to the very rhythms of how we live our life and watch you do amazing things in our kids, turning them into great sons and great daughters who are purposeful in their pursuit of you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.